0: This Rise and Shine podcast series has been made possible by the generosity of the Zitelman Family Foundation, which is committed to the unity and continuity of the Jewish people through meaningful and relevant Jewish education and wisdom. Exercising God-consciousness over self-consciousness trains us to step into the palace when it's time for us to straighten our crowns and be the Jewish queens we truly are. This might be your Esther moment. This is Rise and Shine, a podcast that offers timeless wisdom and uplifting meditations to fill your heart, feed your soul, and start your day on a positive note. Here is Adrian Gold Davis. Purim is coming, and that's my holiday. It's the holiday where the heroine, Queen Esther, makes a decision born of bravery and faith that saved the Jewish people. The paradigm of her decision ultimately became a role model for me to make my own career changes. Her story became my roadmap and personal definition of courage. Just let me explain. So I was driving home this early Monday morning from carpool and the radio was blasting like I always did and the windows were down and I remember I was eating my favorite chocolate Danish from my favorite bakery and the sun was shining and the day seemed filled with promise. A beautiful morning. And as I'm singing my way through a song and rocking in my seat, all of a sudden the program is interrupted by a news bulletin saying that a plane had just flown into one of the Twin Towers in New York City. In that second, I was sure it was some kind of a hoax, a kind of modern version of the War of the Worlds. Do you remember it? It was the broadcast that Orson Welles and a troop of radio actors interrupted CBS programming with years and years ago. They reported that the planet had been invaded, and it set off widespread panic. And, of course, it was a fiction. And in that moment, I was certain that this was just another version of that. So I quickly turned the station to another one, and yet... There it was again. But I was still sure it was a hoax. So I switched to my favorite hip-hop station. This is a station that didn't have any news broadcasting and certainly wouldn't be part of the whole mainstream. Except it was there as well. And I remember feeling my blood run cold. I pulled over right to the side of the road. I was having a full-fledged panic attack. Here I was in midtown Toronto, But that ubiquitous Jewish fear just overwhelmed me. And I thought, oh, my God, my kids go to a school that flies the Israeli flag on it. They're going to blame Israel soon enough or just the Jews. I got to get my kids right now and keep them safe. But at the time, I was only two blocks from my synagogue, the part in my community that was my place of spiritual inspiration and, and refuge. And for whatever reason, I drove there first, because in those days, I didn't even have a cell phone. I parked my car and I went inside looking for someone to talk to. And of course, I found the rabbis all upstairs, huddled around a tiny television, watching the news. So they were watching the program that I appeared on as a fashion expert twice a week and that I participated in an ethics discussion on Monday mornings. And what I heard them saying and what I did in that moment was about to change my entire life. You see, the broadcasters were speaking of this tragedy, and they were showing footage intermittently of certain communities around the world celebrating this tragedy and actually handing out sweets. There were full throated cheers and bedlam, and the reporters said, Why, they're dancing in the streets of Palestine and everywhere. And I knew. I knew that my fear was justified. Selfishly, yes because I still did not know about the second plane or the outcome of that crash and the subsequent one, and I wasn't yet able to truly empathize for those in those towers. I was just afraid that my kids were in danger. So I phoned the network, and in a stream of consciousness language, filled with some of the worst curse words I had ever used, I started to scream like a lunatic at them. Stop showing that disgusting footage of people celebrating! And the rabbis, the rabbis were staring at me in horror and disbelief. And then one of them came over to me and said something in a very low voice. Adrian, he said, I think this might be your Esther moment. My what? I asked him. What are you talking about? And then he reminded me of the story of Purim, how Queen Esther was instructed by her uncle Mordechai, after hearing about the impending destruction of the Jews, to go to the king, who was her husband, and ask him to spare her people, the Jewish people, because they'd been slated for destruction by the evil Haman. Well, this, after she'd been instructed to keep her identity hidden this whole time that she was in the palace. And she responds to her uncle that, The king hasn't called for me. And then, these are the words right out of the Megillah. We read this. She says... Anyone, whether man or woman, who attempts to come to the inner court of the king, if they have not been called for, can be put to death. Unless the king holds out his golden scepter, you can be executed. And I, well, I haven't been called into the king's chambers for a month. So when they told her uncle Mordechai what Esther had said, his response was paradigm shifting. Here's what he said. Esther don't think that if you stay quiet at this time that you're going to be any safer than the rest of the Jews. If you don't step up and speak to the king, the Jewish people will be saved by other means. That's true. But who knows? Perhaps you have attained a royal position for just such a crisis. And then Esther responds to him. All right. Gather all of the Jews of Shushan and have them fast. No one eats or drinks for three days, night or day, and I will fast, and then I will go see the king, even though I could be executed by law. And if I perish, I perish. And the rabbi said to me, You, Adrian, are on live television. Who knows? whether you came to the kingdom, the palace of live TV for such a time of crisis as this. It's time for you to speak up in the coming weeks about being a Jew, about being a committed Jew, and about what that means, because I noticed how intense your reaction was. It's clear that this is your new mission now. I looked at him blankly. I am a fashion expert, I said. No one needs to hear about my spiritual life, nor are they interested. There was no context or opening for any of this. And he said, don't worry, I will help you. You do those ethic chats from time to time with the panel. We're going to find a way to work in what you should say together. So he was very prophetic in that moment, because a very big opportunity was thrust upon me courtesy of him. I had my own personal Esther moment, a moment where I would need to decide between my own job security and safety and the welfare of my people as a nation. It was a time I could unmask my private spiritual life and maybe make a difference. And that very week, I began my slow march to what I like to call career suicide. I found a way to segue into Jewish matters at every turn. I spoke out about things that made me very unpopular with the producers and often with the public. I was provocative. I was off the page. I was off script. And it was the end of my TV career and the beginning of life as I know it today. In each and every one of our lives, there are moments, big and small, where we're called upon to harness our courage and do what is right rather than what is easy, to step up for someone or something beyond ourselves, to risk doing right versus being right. And it can happen in a moment of anger when you hold your tongue and take the opportunity instead to pray for your character to improve through your ability to desist from speaking where you won't be heard. Or it can come in traffic when you're faced with a choice between letting someone in and just forging ahead blindly. And it can come in our small moments of civil disobedience when instead of just following orders, we allow our conscience to guide us rather than just going with the flow. And it can be in big places, but in the end, there's no real difference. Because searching for our Esther moments in the day-to-day prepare us for the moments that are the most difficult. Because exercising God-consciousness over self-consciousness trains us to step into the palace when it's time for us to straighten our crowns and be the Jewish queens we truly are. You know, 20 years have passed since that morning, but in every class I teach, every podcast I record, every Jewish choice I make, I know was forged as a result of that tragic day. And finding my own inner Esther helped me to want to help others find their own. So this week, as we move towards Purim, can you search for your own Esther moments? Can you attach yourself to what's right and courageous in the merit of your spiritual DNA, which is related to the Queen Esther? Can you do it? and join along with me in elevating those poor souls who perished on September 11th. Can you elevate their souls with your bravery? Because when we step up with courage, we also give others permission to do the same. Ladies, it's time to straighten our crowns. Thanks for listening to Rise and Shine. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Momentum Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Join Adrian again next time for more timeless wisdom and uplifting meditations that fill your heart, feed your soul, and start your day on a positive note. This podcast was sponsored by the Zeidelman Family Foundation. Spread the wisdom. Inspire Jewish individuals around the globe by supporting Momentum's podcasts. To sponsor, contact podcast at MomentumUnlimited.org. You're listening to a Momentum podcast. For unlimited inspiration, wisdom, and empowerment, visit MomentumUnlimited.org.